right, all right, all right. Welcome to Investment Banking Insights, the show dedicated to helping you learn both the technical and non-technical aspects of investment banking. And yes, we are here today just living the best that we can, learning the most that we can so that we are prepared for these interviews, all right? And just a quick shout out for all the folks in the United States. Happy Fourth of July. I hope you're enjoying the fireworks. Hope you're enjoying the time with your friends and family. Hope you're enjoying great food. Of course, if you're listening to this in the future, then that won't be relatable at all to you. But if you're listening in real time, don't listen to this podcast too long. Go enjoy some time with your friends and family. So let's get into today's episode. We're talking about valuation. And today's question is, why would two comparable companies be valued differently? Now, Let's say where you have two different companies. We know that comparable companies is one of the three major valuation methodologies that we can use to figure out what a company is worth. And let's say that we have two businesses that are very, very similar, and we're doing a comparable companies analysis. But one thing that we should keep in mind is that no matter how closely two companies resemble each other, whether it's the geographies they operate in, their market size, their growth profile, their industry, at the end of the day, no two companies are exactly alike. Now, I'll give you an example here. Let's take a look at some of the major financial institutions here in America. One is JP Morgan Chase, largest bank, right? Largest bank. And then you have Bank of America, second largest bank. Both are very big institutions. They have ATMs across the country. They have wealth management. They have investment banking divisions. Like they're all doing a lot of the very similar things and they're similar sizes. So they're massive financial institutions. They have virtually the same products and they have strong brand names. Now, if we look at the stock price, for example, of JP Morgan Chase, JP Morgan Chase's stock is tends to be valued a little bit higher because of the credit quality of its loans. JP Morgan, if you know about JP Morgan, you know that when it comes to loans, like they don't play games. Like you've got to, you better come correct with your documentation. You need to go through their security measures. Like JP Morgan is a tightly run organization from at least my perspective as a consumer. Uh, and so just looking also at, the quality of the assets on their balance sheet. I'm not an expert in this by any means, but from the little bit that I've seen, the market tends to value JP Morgan Chase a little bit more higher, highly than some of its peer competitor banks because of their credit quality. And that's why the federal government turns to JP Morgan when you have banks like First Republic, which you know were solid, steady banks in their own right, right until interest rates rose and then things kind of went sideways. The government went to JP Morgan Chase and said, hey, you need to buy these assets. <laughs> They're going to them specifically because they know that they can absorb the smaller assets, relatively smaller, although First Republic was a pretty big bank. Like they can absorb their assets and liabilities and still be fine. And that's because they're a high quality bank. It's seen as quote unquote safer. Now compare this to a Bank of America. Bank of America also has a great reputation, I would say, in recent years, decent growth, 
it's all around the country. They're operating in a lot of different markets and they have millions of customers and they're doing a lot of good things in banking. I mean, things that you would think a bank should be doing. You know, they're innovating, they have their app, they have all sorts of different features, all, all different kinds of things. And that's all great. But here's the thing with Bank of America. Back in 2007, 2008, they got hit really hard. And they got hit harder than many banks because they happened to purchase a company called Countrywide Financial, basically collateralized a bunch of mortgage-backed securities that were not high quality. And Bank of America had to eat all of those losses and just pay tons and tons of fines. We're talking about the biggest civil settlement in the history of America. They had to pay it. And even over a decade later, a decade and a half later, Bank of America has just kind of come out of all of that mess. I mean, they were still paying fines as recently as I think 2016, maybe 2018. So the overall perception of a company can be very different than another company, even if they're very similar in so many different ways. That's essentially what I'm trying to share with you today. But let's hit upon some other specific reasons other than just market sentiment and perception. So number one, a reason why similar companies may be valued differently, a company may have higher reported record earnings, which sends its stock price higher, whereas another business that's similarly situated, maybe for whatever reason, they didn't report earnings that were as great. Maybe they didn't break any records. You know, there's kind of a media aspect to this too. Uh, number two, a company may have major litigation costs due to a specific event. Now, we just talked about the countrywide acquisition for Bank of America, which thankfully is now, you know, further back in history. It's not affecting the bank as much as it used to, but that happened. And that had a huge impact on Bank of America stock and its overall valuation. Another example, we can go even further back. In 2010, there was the British petroleum oil spill. And boy, did BP stock take a huge hit. I mean, it was an environmental disaster, a political disaster, a financial disaster. Uh, but the firm survives. The firm survives. But hey, that, that company was being valued way lower than its pure oil and gas companies at the time. Number three is a company may have greater market share than its competitors. Maybe two companies are performing similarly financially, but one has greater market share than another. And so that may influence the relative valuation. And then the fourth reason, which is my favorite reason, is that one company might have a competitive advantage over one company that you know might be harder to measure with the numbers. It might be some kind of qualitative competitive advantage, such as the strength of its brand name or its reputation. I mean, there's certain industries where if you name a product or a company, everyone associates the entire industry with that product or that company, even though there are many competitors but the business is so good and so dominant that it simply becomes, it, it's, it's omnipresent, it's everywhere. And I think about a business like Google, for example, which is now technically Alphabet, but if you want to search for something online, people just say, Google it, Google it, Google it. Nobody ever says, Bing it, 
<laughs> no offense to Microsoft. And Microsoft's been making some some, tri- some strides with chatbots recently, but uh, I think they're just kind of trying to play catch up. But yeah, so if you have some kind of qualitative competitive advantage over your competitors, then that's another reason for business to be valued differently. So those are some of the main reasons. Number one, a company could report record earnings. Number two, a company might have major litigation costs due to a specific event. Number three, a company might have greater market share than its competitors. And then number four, there might be some kind of qualitative competitive advantage, like a brand name or reputation that allows a company to be valued higher than its peers. So that's what I got for you today, how we would consider two comparable companies to be valued differently. My name is Alex Mason, and this is Investment Banking Insights. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your 4th of July. And if you haven't already rated and reviewed this podcast, like, yo, check it out. Go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, and just tap tap that subscribe button, tap that follow button. This helps get the show in front of more people just like you so we can help increase our knowledge and get ready for this investment banking journey. That's all I have today. And next time we'll be talking about public company comparables. Take care.